You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. A major scientific breakthrough is making news around the world, and it was discovered here in Australia. You may have heard about it last night. It's been found that the vitamin B3 can cure molecular deficiencies that cause miscarriages and birth defects. One in four Australian women will suffer from a miscarriage. It's possibly the biggest discovery in pregnancy health since folate was found to reduce the risk of neural tube defects in babies. And anyone who's been pregnant knows that we go straight away and start taking folate as soon as we know or even before we fall pregnant. Professor Sally Dunwoody from the Victor Chang Institute led the research. Hi Sally, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Firstly, congratulations to you and your team. How does it feel to be responsible for such a big discovery? <laughs> it feels um, quite quite foreign, really. It feels crazy. Um, of course, we're absolutely delighted that we've we've made this discovery, and uh, the Victor Chang Institute and my group are are over the moon that we're we're getting such a response. So it's fantastic. What kind of impact do you um, imagine? this discovery will have in terms of miscarriages and birth defects? So, look, that, that's great, a great question and, and an, a very important one. Look, what we've... It's, it's hard to answer without... Well, I can't answer it, sorry, without more research. So, so we do know that in Australia each year some 15,000 families um, undergo either multiple miscarriages or um, have babies with birth defects. And so... Uh, you know, the potential is there to bring a lot of hope to, to some of those families. Um, we won't know how many people uh, this discovery will help until we do, until we do further research. But, but we, are, we are positive and, and, uh, that, that we can uh, make a difference in time. Why is B3 important in preventing miscarriage and birth defects? So what we found was when we were studying some families that had, um, the mothers had multiple miscarriages and their baby, and they, and they each had a, a child with birth defects, and they had actually multiple defects in the one child. So they'd have heart defects, kidney defects, defects of the spine or the vertebra. Um, in addition, some of the babies would have cleft palate and, or some of them would have a club foot, for example. So we were, we were um, studying families with, with very severe defects and we found that there was this molecule called NAD um, that was low in those babies that had all those um, birth defects. And so the interesting thing is that you can boost the levels of NAD by taking niacin. Or vitamin B3 and that's what we did in, in an experimental model and when we did that we actually prevented the miscarriages and we prevented the birth defects so they, they didn't exist and so um, this, this does have great potential to help many people but, but we won't know how many until we've actually done, done more research. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Professor, Professor Sally Dunwoody from the Victor Chang Institute. She led the research into this amazing discovery about vitamin B3 and how it may impact on reducing miscarriages and birth defects. We're just talking about how exactly it makes a difference and that further research needs to be done before we actually know how much um, difference it will make to women around the world, I guess. Sally... Um, if people are listening to this information now, do you think it's worthwhile for them to look at their B, vitamin B3 intake? 
Oh, definitely. Um, look, I think that uh, if you're contemplating pregnancy or you're in the early stages of pregnancy, I would recommend that you take a pregnancy multivitamin. Um, this contains 18 milligrams or thereabouts of niacin um, and, and you take one of those tablets per day. And, that's, um, and also I would recommend that you have a, a healthy balanced diet which has not only niacin but, but many of the other important vitamins as well. What we can't do is, is recommend a higher dose to, to women because we don't know what dose to recommend. And, and, and we need to make sure that the recommended dose is, is safe. We don't want it to do any harm. So where is B3, vitamin B3 found naturally? I know it's in Vegemite, but let's face it, there's only so much Vegemite we can all eat. Exactly, because there's a lot of salt in Vegemite and that's probably not very, very good for <laughs> yes. you. So look, um, uh, the best things are in meat, so, so beef and fish and poultry, legumes, so beans and peas and lentils, and even peanuts fall under under that category. Uh, also, um, uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, mushrooms. I mean, you can you can look it up and find 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 a whole whole range range of foods. And so, I think that it's important to be eating those foods, but also then, um, as I mentioned, taking a a pregnancy multivitamin which has a sort of a standard amount uh, of, of niacin in it. Now, I think the important thing to, to say is that will not prevent miscarriages and birth defects, we, we, would, uh, we would claim, because many women um, have uh, different abilities to absorb nutrients and, um, and so they may still have low levels of NAD. For example, there was a study in the USA that looked at um, oh, it was about 350 women who were healthy and they're pregnant, and they're taking pregnancy multivitamins. And a third of those women had low levels of niacin um, in the first trimester, and two-thirds had low levels of niacin in the second trimester. So this sort of shows that um, we might be healthy, we might be eating well and taking a pregnancy multivitamin, but for some women, that's not necessarily sufficient. And so what we now need to do is to try and identify the women um, at risk of having low NAD levels, identify them and then work out what sort of level of niacin, higher level of niacin they might need to take to help prevent miscarriages and, and birth defects. Let's say I was thinking of having another baby. Don't worry, husband, if you're listening. I'm not really. <laughs> Hypothetical. Um, and I've heard this research and I'm just hearing what you're saying about that some women absorb vitamins um, better, I guess, than others. Is there a way of testing your absorption of vitamins or even a way of testing your NADs? Well, not currently, not in a non-research environment. Um, you, you can't go, as far as I know, to a doctor and order a test. Okay, So, uh, so it's all done, as far as I know, in, in, in the sort of capacity of research. And this is the sort of research now that we, we need to get involved in. We need to start off by identifying women who we think are at risk. So these would be women who, for example, uh, are probably who, who, are, who have babies who have been diagnosed in utero with a birth defect and we'll um, see if they would be enrolled in a, in a study such that we could measure their levels of NAD and niacin during the pregnancy 
and then measure uh, the level from the cord blood once the baby's born and then relate those levels to to the um, to the birth outcome and then compare those levels to to women who um, ha- don't have miscarriages and don't have babies with birth defects because we've got to build up the evidence now you know how common is this how common is it that a birth defect is due to a low to, to low levels of NAD and then once we have that evidence we can set up some sort of uh, clinical trials and and put women on on different levels of of niacin and see how that raises their NAD levels and uh, and then see if that uh, prevents their birth defects and and miscarriages so so there is a lot to do, but it doesn't take away from the great promise of, of our discoveries in the first place. Now, Sally, I don't want to be cynical, but I, I am going to ask a cynical question. Mm-hmm. In the past, Australians have come up with pretty amazing discoveries in mm. science and medicine and inventions. And then for some reason, we haven't been that great at following through um, and making the most of that research in Australia. Are you? Um, do you have any confidence that you will now get the backing you need to see this through to the end. Mm. So saying you're sort of cynical, it's often that uh, scientists make great discoveries, but they need funding to do the next lot of research, okay? So it's not that they're they're um, making a, a discovery and then walking away and doing nothing about it. We can't we can't do research unless we get the funding to do it, okay? So, so I would argue that sometimes when things uh, uh, don't have further research done, to prove how important they are, it's because the funding is missing. And I think the other thing that's important is it's it's often quite hard for people to understand how long it actually takes to do research. So, for example, the story we published in the New England Journal um, yesterday, that was a 12-year research project with many people working on it. So it's not that we... Um, you know, make big claims and then do nothing about it. It actually does just takes time. So, so I guess I put in a plug for funding. Unless um, you know, governments of all persuasion put more money into research. Um, uh, many many great discoveries from from Australians uh, are not going to uh, reach their greatest potential. And also at the Victor Chang Cardiac Research Institute, we are very grateful for philanthropic funds for donations from the public or from or from organisations, so that we can actually do this research. And, and in fact, this research really benefited from from uh, two sources of, of philanthropic funding, and, and I wouldn't be talking to you today if those people had not made donations specifically to help us with this research. Now, I know that our particular listenership have a quite a strong interest in this kind of research, Let's just say they don't have the funds to make any donations. Is there something else that we can do to encourage our government to spend funding in this particular research? Well, I guess I guess it's always um, you know lobbying your MPs, talking about it, getting out it out in the news. Um, but yes, uh, speaking speaking to people if you feel they have some in- influence, and as say writing writing to your MP and and say to them. Uh, you know, you've really got to put more money into research in Australia. Otherwise, uh, great great discoveries just don't don't get continued through in Australia. And 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 hope you know, then maybe they're taken up overseas and, and the research is done. But what what a shame to let discoveries um, uh, not see the full light of day from Australian research and and let others do it. So that's uh, that's my plug there for for we need more more funding for important research on all, on all topics. 
Oh, no, we're happy for you to make that plug, Sally. <laughs> it's, it's been an incredible um, discovery. Thank you so much for talking with us about it today. Thank you so much for your interest. That's Professor Sally Dunwoody from the Victor Chang Institute. And if you'd like to find out more information about this study, we'll pop up links to our website later this afternoon. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.